Plus, we take a look at our favourite AI advancements of the year. Oh, God, this is what happens when you've got a hangover. <laughs> Welcome to GCP Life, episode number 55 for Friday, the 15th of December, 2023. GCP Life is sponsored by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And I'm your host, Stephen Bancroft. On today's show, it's a bumper Xmas special. We check out the favorite show moments of the year. We look at the top three hacks of the year. Also, this year's All-Stars have been announced and it's a doozy. Plus, we take a look at our favourite AI advancements of the year in the AI Wars. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to introduce the co-hosts of the show, Ian Brown. How are you going, Ian? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> we'll get to why he's having a little chuckle in a minute. <laughs> and I've got a cast of thousands here with me today. Let's start with Troy Beebe. How are you going, Troy? G'day. How are you going? <laughs> how are you going? Good, good. And Lizzie Reed, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I'm good, thanks, Banky. Thanks for having me again. No problems. And Rick, always good to have you on, mate. Rick Elsam. Yeah, hey, team. Thanks for having me back. Yes. Great. And of course, uh, uh, well, of course, we've got to have a Googler on. And so, uh, very, he was at the live event. And uh, I guess, first time at a recorded event, it's uh, Trent Misford from Google. How are you going, Trent? Hey, Banky. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you uh, for having me back. That's a pleasure. You're quite welcome, Trent. You're quite welcome. Uh, well, here we are. Um, Ian and I, uh, even Troy to some degree, fresh off a, a return trip from Melbourne. <laughs> uh, I think we mentioned it in the show a few weeks ago. We are done with the Uni Super migration, uh, one of the bigger VMware migrations that are out there. Uh, there. There is an article floating around on on the socials. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But uh, Ian and I literally just stepped off the plane and got into our respective recording rooms, and we're recording now. Yep. <laughs> 25 minutes of reading articles and then jumping into this. <laughs> That's it. How's everyone else doing on this, uh, well, quite sweltering hot summer day here anyway? So recovering from the UD Super Party, I think. Most of yeah, us, yeah, that's it. A bit of that going yeah. on, a bit of that mm-hmm. going Absolutely. Well, look, as I mentioned, we do have a lot packed into the, today's show. Um, we've got a few banter items up front and some great stories coming up later. And we're going to give you um, our favourite things that happened during the year. I'm sure it's going to be great to listen to. But um, since the last episode aired, of course, I didn't have a busy enough schedule as, as it was, but I managed to cram in a certification. It was the Developer Pro exam, and I passed. Yay! Um, Yay! Which, uh, which, was, which was really good. Yeah, thank you. Um, pro tips on that exam, uh, I would say there was a lot of GKE. That's, those three letters appeared together in a lot of the questions. Like, I would go as far to say 75% of the questions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some of them you could kind of, the answers, it's, I mean, it's these typical questions. The answer's kind of obvious. I mean, the answer's literally looking you in the face and you can kind of work your way through it. But... Um, yeah, you really try to need to get need to be up on your GKE. So, my strategy for studying with this one was to use uh, Skills Boost. I uh, ran through the pathway on that. Uh, ironically, I didn't get to finish the GKE part before I set the exam, um, but uh, I did the um, I did the sample questions, of which um, it's a sixty question um, exam. 
but uh, I was able that, and, and the sample questions they give you forty. So uh, they're giving you almost giving you all the answers anyway. As long as you know that, and I did go back and I went over the cloud guru, um, the cloud guru questions again, but that that was a little bit dated. I just wanted to refresh my memory on that. Um, so yeah, that was my kind of strategy for that. But not only me, we got a couple of other certs that have gone by. Uh, Trent, how did yeah. you go? Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you. I, I redid the data engineering cert, which has been yeah. overhauled actually. So. I did it to you. And how'd you go? Oh, well, I passed. You... So yeah. I wouldn't uh, bring this up as a topic if I didn't pass. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> We'd skip it. There's, learning, there's learnings in, in, in failing as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very wise, yes. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I'd just like to point out that the ML part of the data engineering cert's been dropped. So if you're not up with your ML, you know, that's fine. And yeah. But all the goodies are there. So if you're down with your big query, which I imagine everyone would be in data engineering, PubSub, Dataflow, and a couple of the newies as well. Look, has sort of made its appearance, which is great. Dataplex turned up, so it was, it was actually really good, a fun exam. But um, yeah, I passed. Yeah, auto cost. Your... What was that? Sorry. Sorry, auto cost. What was auto the, cost? Uh... Auto class. Oh, auto class. I'm glad, actually, auto that's class, a really good man. point because our friend Ian here wrote an article on auto class, which I happened to read by chance. The week oh, really? before I took the exam. Uh, oh, so, hi, high five, Ian. Thank you very much. I got See, that I one. I useful for things sometimes. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. And what would be your uh, pro tips for passing that one? I think it, it probably helps. To studying. Stu- yes, studying. <laughs> studying is really yeah. good, yes. Uh, cloud skills boost. Or your pro tips for studying for that one. What, what, would, what would you say? Use cloud skills boost? I would use cloud skills boost and get on the tools. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and get on the tools, right? Yeah. Okay. And sample questions, just drill the sample questions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah go on yeah. to, what is it, cloud.google.com and, and drill uh, down into the um, sample questions for the data eng exam. Very helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lizzie? Yes, so I'm actually, yeah, fresh off the database engineer exam. Um, set it this morning and passed, so... Oh, well done. Well done. <laughs> was also, yeah, touch and go whether I'd be talking about it today, but <laughs> um, yeah, so it's got a wee bit of overlap with the data engineering one. Um, it's actually, I think the newest cert in the, in the Google Cloud certs, um, it only came out about two years ago, which means there's not a heap of resources out there, sort of third party resources, but yeah, the Cloud Skills Boost was really useful for studying for it. And then, of course, a bunch of practice questions. Um, but, yeah, it has a bit more of a focus on, um, I'd say, the data engineering one seems to have a big focus on BigQuery and kind of data processing and analytics, whereas this database one, it's more around um, some of the more transactional databases and things like data migrations, um, troubleshooting performance issues, um, configuring for disaster recovery, that kind of thing. So, yeah, if you're studying for your database, uh, your data engineer one, it's a good one to tack on, I think, and kind of, yeah, get bang for your buck with your study. Two birds yeah, with one stone. Your... Exactly. What would be your study pro tip on that, Lizzie? Um, yeah, Cloud Skills Boost, do the labs because you can actually, there's actually probably, um, it goes into a little bit more detail, so like actual kind of configuration steps, so actually going through those labs 
and going through the steps is really useful. I'm just curious, do you, um, do you guys like have any like like tips and actually, because some of those cloud boosts have a lot of information, like do you, how do you like try to absorb the information, like take notes or reabsorb it or just rely on labs? Yeah, Generally I um, read it twice before I look yeah. at, like I, I have to read it twice before I take it in and then, and then just, mm-hmm. yeah, prac, do lots and lots Practice, of practical yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'll quite often review uh, videos multiple times, but I do watch it on like times 1.5 or times times 2. Mm-hmm. I've discussed that previously in the show as well. Um, uh, the labs generally I only do once because there is a lot of re- repetition in a lot of the labs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the thing for me is the sample questions. I'll absolutely, absolutely drill the sample questions five or six times until I can just like read the first sentence and know what the answer is. Like just, mm-hmm. I just know that concept. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did before I reset the cloud architect exam. Was just did those sample questions over and over and over again until I had it in my head as like I, I know this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Are there a lot of sample questions for the database, Lizzie? Yet, because it's it's a bit new, isn't it, comparatively? Yeah. So yeah, there's the um, there's the I think set of twenty sample questions on the Google Cloud website. I think there's also some third party sites you can dig up a few other ones. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I didn't find a, any trouble finding practice questions. Well, let's move on. Uh, congratulations to everyone uh, that passed the exams. That's great. And if you haven't got a certification, I highly recommend you go out and you do one. You could probably do that um, uh, digital cloud leader one. That's, that's mm. a really great in- introduction one. Um, now, we did mention at the top of the show about Uni Super, and uh, there is an article. I'll link it in the show notes. But we need to sort of slap ourselves on the back a little bit for this one uh, because Kasny gets mentioned multiple times in this article, and it was a really good write-up and discussing what the project did for Uni Super and what the outcomes were and what they're going to do in the future, how it's going to help them. They can expand and, and move on, and now they have a full cloud-native environment. Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome article, and only it only dropped yesterday. I just saw it in IT News yesterday morning, and I was I was stoked to read our name mentioned in there a few times. So the article uh, article from IT News um, they interviewed Sam Cooper, who's UniSuper's head of architecture, and um, and he has some really really good things to say about not only Google Cloud, GCVE, but also us. Yep, and I, I have my two cents is, uh, you know, we sort of had three good teams come together. Um, you know, obviously Kazna doing great engineering, but we had Google really providing that extra level support. But but further that, the, the third really most important is that the Uni Super team and, and leadership was fully behind the project. And I think that really made it a success to push yep. away a lot of the, you know, the, the FUD and, and, you know, sort of the doubt that you get mid, mid project when you're sort of in these mm. really big moves and these big bang things. So, um, and, yes. and, and problems arise, yeah, we don't mention the war. Well, yeah, we don't, but I, I think anybody, you'd be kidding yourself going into a project like this and not expecting to run into some sort of For problems, sure. right? For I mean, sure. I think it's fair to say, For sure. um, so yeah, go take a listen. Go take a look, a read of that. Uh, I linked it in my socials, and there's a, a few comments there on my LinkedIn um, post. Um, but yeah, uh, all right. Well, let's moving on here. Uh, just quickly, one more item before we get on to the community news. Um, 
Google deleting inactive accounts. I think this this one's this one's been doing the rounds. <laughs> this one's been and doing the rounds for a little while now, though. We I think we ha- covered it before. Mm. Yeah. So what what are they saying after two years of inactivity? Yeah. So basically, if you don't log into your your Gmail account for two years, uh, and and so I need to preface this by saying, if you don't log into your personal Gmail account for two years yep. or more, yep. Yep. Um, yep. Google yep. will scrub it. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and they're citing security concerns for it because obviously two years ago, uh, the world looked a lot different than it does currently. And um, and they're not concerned about organisation accounts because theoretically organisations have someone there to manage the security of the account and ensure that mm-hmm. passwords are changed and all that sort of stuff. I think that if you were to create a Gmail account, and never ever use it, then it's probably not unreasonable that it gets deleted at some point, right? It, it can't exist forever. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a. I don't think what Google is doing here is a yeah. bad thing. No. I think if anything, it's just more a bit of housekeeping. Yeah, that's it. That's a, that's a good way of yeah. putting it, actually. And it's just housekeeping. And it is a free service, right? It is I free. Mean, let's yeah, keep free. that in mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a clean up. Yeah. 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 If yeah. It, um. But Google do say that there's no plans to delete accounts that have YouTube videos attached to them. Mm. Okay. So uh, they'll keep their content on YouTube, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess it's a call out here. If you know of someone or you yourself have an older account, then go and all you got to do is log into it. Yep. Um, oh, there's actually, actually no, there's a, there's a few more activities you need to do to ensure that uh, it's kept. You've got you've to actually scan or read through an, an, e- an email. And then it'll 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 keep it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just. I don't know if we brought it up last time, but I'm really curious to see if there's ever any any engineering info that came out about the migration from Gmail from what was it before to Spanner? It was on uh, Bigtable, right? Moved to Spanner. If I It'd be really interesting, it, it's on Spanner now. That much I do know. Yeah. And yes, I have seen some internal articles about the effort that went into it, and. You know, full credit to the Google engineers. Like, you can only imagine that, you know, what was required to do that. But I don't know if there's yeah. publicly available information on that. So it, that could be a good topic for you, Banky and Ian, for another podcast to discuss what went into that. We'll see if we can find something. Yeah. T- talk about yeah, migration. Up. Yeah, yeah. How many, was yeah. it nine, nine billion accounts or something? Nine like billion. That? <laughs> it's like the population of the yeah. planet. Yeah. I think it's like, is it two billion? It might be, it might be more. Oh, I, don't I don't know. know. There's enough. Mm. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah, migrations don't get it any bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> you would think it would be largely automated, right? You just set it and go just, and it would just flick the accounts over one at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say halfway through that, you wouldn't want to get cold feet. Roll it back. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I think. <laughs> Roll it back. Yeah. From, from what I heard, there's some interesting stuff because some, like, hackers use uh, email headers to exfiltrate data out of out of organizations and stuff. So you'll have email headers that are, you know, absolutely massive in megabytes that were causing problems with the automation in the migration, things like that, right? You just don't expect. Ah, and it would fail yeah. for, for various reasons, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have to quarantine that uh, that mailbox and handle it separately. Yeah, okay. All right, well, um, that's enough banter for now, guys. Uh, let's get on with the community news. I 
thought I'd include this article as a community news article uh, because Google has announced the 2023 Google Cloud Partner All-Stars. And uh, very, very pleased to say that Kazna has four staff members that have been nominated for individual awards. Uh, now, this is the same award that uh, both Lizzie and myself received last year. Um, but for this year, for 2023, we have uh, Dorinda Nath, who, uh, if you listen to the show, if you listen to the live episode of the show, you'll be familiar with Dorinda. Uh, we have uh, Guy, Lope, uh, Guy, Guy Lopes. Um, he's uh, one of our uh, tech leads, database engineers. Uh, and we have um, Aaron Arome. Um, who uh, is the first time uh, he's received that for delivery and this is the first time the the award for delivery has been given and uh, Sanu Ishan who uh, is one of our principals here at Kazan so congratulations to you guys Um, so Trent you're from Google can you tell us a little bit I'll link to an article in the show notes can you tell us a little bit more about this particular award what it's all about you do get nominated right and you're not the nominations come across from all partners it's open to all partners and all their people so they do get nominated into these awards and now there's an extra category for delivery as well and i can tell you that they don't just give those awards away like they're not just you know you're a nice person here's your award so there is a lot of consideration that goes into who gets them so from our point of view and my point of view that they're they're very well earned and that's something that you would stick on a CV, you, you would announce it on LinkedIn, and um, you know, very big congratulations to our four people that uh, that won them as well. Yes, well done, guys. Well mm-hmm. done. Uh, and and you you were involved in the selection process this year because I know you were last um, year. Actually, I, I, I had something to do with it, but there was a, at least another person on here that has just dropped that had something to do with it as well. But certainly, <laughs> it came across my desk, as it were. And I had absolutely no problem putting them forward. Like, they, they very well deserved it. Well, there you go. Congratulations to Kazan's for uh, Google Cloud Partner All-Stars. All right, let's get on with the show, hey? Let's move on with the news items. All right, straight off the top for the news items today, I thought we'd look at a few show stats for the year. Um, just a quick one, uh, because the growth of the show is, uh, growing, so to speak. Um, <laughs> the growth of the show is, is growing? Is gro- the growth of the show is growing. Um, no, look, the, the reason I'm, I'm high, look, it's modest at the moment. Right now, I went back and I listened to the show, uh, this time last year's show, um, and uh, we had 99 subscribers. So we had 99 subscribers across iTunes, Spotify, and Google uh, Google Podcasts. This year, we have 220 subscribers across those three platforms. So we've doubled, nearly tripled the number of subscribers in that 12-month period. That's awesome. And and it's climbing. It's not plateauing. It's a forty five degree climb on the on the graph. So I posted down an internal channel uh, the other night, and uh, you may well have seen that. But uh, yeah, just something uh, for for all you listen for. Well, two hundred and twenty of you now apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it, there are people listening to the show, and um, if you're one of those, you could probably write into the show gcplife at casna.com.au. 
And uh, yeah, just give us give us some feedback and tell us what you like or what you dislike about the show. It'd be great. Um, and we thought um, on that, talking about what happened during the year, we would give our favourite things that occurred during the year, uh, what we did on the show. Now, Ian, I know you, I've got a couple of good ones here, but uh, we've probably heard me talking enough. I thought we might kick off with uh, Ian. What, what, what was your favourite moment of the year or, or three moments of the year? Obviously, the 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 most favourite episode that we did was that little uh, recording that we did right <laughs> at the tip of Cape York, um, yep. standing there watching the water rip through. That was awesome. Um, and the adventure getting there and back. Uh, yeah, along yep. with maybe the death of an engine, <laughs> uh, which which I hear might be back in your hands shortly. Very very shortly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, yes, the the, the Forby is getting a new heart transplant, uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, very very soon uh, we'll uh, it'll be it should be up and running. Yep, so, for uh, doing skids. This, uh, yep. Doing yep. Skids, so, so that was uh, the episode. There was the flood. That was episode forty four. Um, That's going to be my question. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I suppose the next favourite one, and, and it was it was really a toss-up uh, between the flood and the live show. The live show yeah. was was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved the the interaction that we had. I loved the panel that we had, the games that we were doing, all that sort of stuff. It was great fun. And, and it was I, great. Yeah, running that show was fantastic, and yeah. I think everyone in, in the audience really loved it as yeah. well. And and if we do it again in 2024, I mean, we could. I don't know. I've made my mind up if we're going to make it an annual event or maybe like every 50 shows. Don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to see everyone along to that and have a big audience to that because yeah. that, that would just just make it fantastic. But I think I, I think the funniest part about that show was Trent leaving and then Trent's not leaving and then Trent's leaving again and then Trent's not leaving. <laughs> Sorry, mate, okay. I had to. <laughs> so where are we at with Trent? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Trent's still here. Trent's here. He's still here. Trent's here. <laughs> Trent's here. Um, uh, Ricky, Ricky, do you have any favourite? Oh, sorry. Ian, no, I had. I had one more. We had one more. Yeah. Which was uh, the moat. The episode the forty-one, moat. which was the moat, uh, was the the episode that we did about uh, the the supposedly leaked Google memo about we have no moat. Um, oh yeah. That was all yeah. about OpenAI and how they were taking the world by storm. Yep, and yep, yep. and hasn't Google fought back there, and and, yeah. and given and sort of capitalised on the recent uh, debacle at OpenAI, and, and 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 the 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 chat GPT apparent sort of failure. It's it's getting it getting a bit screwy as mm. it, as as data's being fed into it. Yeah, yeah. So that they were my three picks. Um, it that was a good one. There was. There was another one in there that I was a bit further down the the track was uh, Red Hat um, closing off access to its source code. Ah, uh, yes. Or it's it, sorry, uh, it's source packages. Yeah, I can recall us having a chat on the CBs and boring our wives to death on, yep. on our trip. And probably <laughs> for everybody about else. With, minutes about that. <laughs> and probably everybody else within fifteen kilometres of us. <laughs> uh, anyone else, Rick? Do you have a favourite moment? Um, yeah. I actually quite like the um, when you got Troy in straight off the plane from Google Next. Bit of behind yeah. the scenes. Uh, that, that was pretty good to hear yeah. those. Yeah, and hear all those insights and um, and yeah, and a bit of better banter about how Banky did. <laughs> well, this year's this year's in <laughs> Vegas, so we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because. 
could could you could have actually gone, couldn't you, because of get being an all star or something? Well, I didn't know at the time, but they had a special all star event mm. where mm. only the all stars would go. Like the, the partners, the CEOs were all everyone was locked out. It was only the all stars that were permitted into it. No, I guess it's just another excuse for this <laughs> up at the end of the day. And we're down for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think uh, next year, I think JK's actually uh, another Kaznian. Um, he submitted a talk to Google. Um, for next, so mm-hmm. let's hope that gets picked up and we can see him at next. Yeah, and actually, he he did an, uh, a great little piece on Rust, um, which was a Google Cloud thing. So we might we might uh, I'll chuck that in the show notes as well. Mm. Yep. Um, and I'll just yeah, probably one other one, probably the move also I quite like. Um, I think yeah, mostly because I like like he talks about like all the the stuff that you guys are doing with Commodore sixty fours, um, the eight <laughs> eight bit and like. Yeah, it's crazy the the sort of effort that you go into just to spin up a Commodore sixty four. That oh, I, the, I admire that, and it it, it brings back memories. Yeah, to get those vintage machines up and running and keep them running, it's it's effort, oh, it's yeah. serious effort. Yeah. It was yeah. effort. If it was if it was it was effort back in the eighties. Mm. Imagine what it's like <laughs> now, forget. where the parts aren't you available. Forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, well, I've got a couple here as well. But anyone else got any more before I move on to those? My favourite moments. I think I think we've we've touched on the live show. I mean that that was fantastic. So I did have the live show in my list, but outside of that, um, May the fourth. The episode's called the Force, and it's episode thirty nine. And the great thing about that is Ian and I. Uh, it was recorded on May the fourth, which of course is Star Wars Day. But we went through and we had uh, the the top three things, or our three things. Three ways the Empire could have used Google Cloud to accomplish their mission. Yep. Or three ways, and and then Ian did three ways the Rebel Alliance could use Google Cloud to accomplish their mission. Yep. That was great fun. It is great. I went back and had a listen to that. It's fantastic. (laughs) Geez, that was hard to come up with, though. It was like, (laughs) oh, God, what am I going to think of here? Yeah, and I had to do some homework and went back and watched a few of the episodes again. And uh, yeah, like uh, I think we did well in the long run. Yeah. They're all plausible. They're what we came up with was all well, plausible. Plausible. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that up to the listeners, eh? <laughs> yeah, and of course the challenge was, and I mentioned this in, in the piece, um, Star Wars, you think it's a, it's a sci-fi and you think of it as being very techy, right? And very there's lots of gear and gadgets and all that, but they're not often interacting with the tech Right, it, it, quite often the interaction is between the people, mm. right, and that's that's what you you get attracted to. It's like the the, the the engagement between the people. The only time you see interaction with the tech is you know R two D two might be doing that little spinny round thing, or <laughs> um, you know you've got you got Obi Wan pulling that lever down. That's that's that, that kind. It happens very rarely when you think about it, right? Mm. Or they're shooting each other in the face. That's that's kind yep. of what happens a lot as well. And, right? the, and the stormtroopers are always missing. They're always missing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't hit the side um, of a bone with a shotgun. <laughs> but I had I had one more, and that was the episode we did with Bruno Aziza. Oh, yeah, that uh, was the, a great episode, of, that one. The head of data at Google. That was episode 40, and we had him on for the entire show, uh, and we asked him a lot of questions about Australia, and it was it's a good listen. It's quite yep. funny. Um, and that was just after Next as well. Must have just been just after next or around that time, uh, because he he just he just unloaded. He said, "Oh, here's all the announcements for for, for data," and he just told us the whole thing. Uh, yep. it, was, it was great. Yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic episode. That one. 
yeah. Yeah, really good to have someone like him on the show, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, that's that's what we thought made up. It was fantastic for the, the show during the year. But uh, let's move on with a couple of news items, hey? Let's do it. Um, first one off the top, or second one now, uh, Google Trolls AWS. <laughs> now, this is funny. <laughs> this is hilarious. I love it. You, you love this one, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw this one in the in the news. And uh, basically, Google rented the um, MSG Sphere outside of uh, Las Vegas's uh, MGM Grand, I think it is. Anyway, uh, they've they've rendered this 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 Sphere, which is just this massive advertising ball, and they've put a whole heap of generative AI images in there that sort of coalesce into a um, into a Google Cloud logo. Um, and then it and then it all breaks apart into the into the slogan, which is a new way to cloud. Um, and they did this right through AWS's reInvent conference, oh, which is the it's big. So it's, it, it'd be like AWS doing it in the middle of Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some heroes don't wear capes. Yeah, I know. That's, That's it. Right. <laughs> it was a bit of a coup, right? Because I don't think but they'll it, be able to do it again. Uh, you know, everyone's gonna gonna cotton on to to make sure you you rent. They're going to yeah, wake up to that be part of the, <laughs> you know, the MGM's uh, conference uh, package that you'll have to rent the sphere, so your competitors don't continually spam everybody walking out. Yeah, troll you, troll <laughs> you with their advertisements. <laughs> Interestingly, I was actually right at the bottom of this article that that we've got. Uh, the cost of the sphere is no small yeah. sum of money. Uh, report suggests that going rate for advertising uh, runs as high as 450k a day. That's a whole day, though. Uh, that's Ch- a whole day. It's 450 thousand dollars for a day's advertising on this thing, or Ch- six yeah. or up to 650 thousand for a week. Can you get day. segments though? Because we could like a GCP life, you know, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we might get one pixel. Pixel. Well, the budget that we have we might get yeah, one pixel the yeah, in the yeah. colours of Juicy Below yeah. <laughs> it might send us broke to get that one pixel <laughs> they, they could yeah. have had bonus points by using our AI button and they could have just saying AI 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 <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, look that's a funny one but look let's move on to something a little more serious um, Google Drive has lost some data yeah, uh, and and it's it's unexplained. Yeah, so this trend, trend, yeah, what's this going is on? News to me, so it probably didn't happen. But, <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I read the articles as well. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know like what happened internally or anything like that. There hasn't been anything no. announced, like no. you know, officially. It wasn't part of your wasn't part uh, of your housekeeping, was it? <laughs> cleaning up. Well, it's, it, it, it's interesting because it was reported by users saying mm. that they're missing files in Drive and they can't recover them. They went through Google support and and uh, and it was basically a case of you need to use a recovery option and and recover them that way, but that didn't work. Uh, and it says in the article here, a Google community manager did respond to the original poster um, of the the issue. Uh, saying that Google is investigating the issue um, and it only impacts a limited subset of Drive for desktop users. So it specifically mentions Drive for uh, desktop. That'd be like yeah. a synchronization thing then. 
like from the desktop app because it synchronizes the file system, your local yep. file system. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, like yeah. it's like a Dropbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does say that their drive structure reverted to how it looked in May. Mm. So um, what are we talking there? You know, well over six mm. months. Um, yeah, problem problems going back to then. Yeah, there is a follow-up a article saying they Google has announced a fix. Have you guys seen that? There was no. an article is three that- days ago. It says, yeah, Google's announced a fix to recover those missing files. Yep. Um, it doesn't have any analysis about what the actual cause was, but, yeah, they've given people options to recover them, which is which is good. <laughs> okay, so they aren't lost to the ether then. They are. The oh, files oh, are around somewhere. <laughs> But um, no, like when I first read that article, I was like, uh, "That sounds like it might be a bug in the mm. desktop, um, in the, mm. the, the desktop, yeah, the drive for mm. desktop app." Yeah, so mm. maybe that's all it was. And they just come out with a fix and they rolled out a new fix. Well, for drive it is on Google on yeah, GCS on Google Storage Bucket, right? So you don't. There's no overwrite. It's always versioned, so nothing could really get yep. lost even if you delete files you still have all the previous versions are up there so it would have been just like yep. a pointer problem to time frame or something like that yeah right yep yep well all right, let's hope those guys get their files back but um just quickly before we move well not quickly <laughs> before we move on to the security items for this episode um an interesting article came across my desk uh talking about bank of queensland and I thought it might be a good topic for us to talk about. Um, the Bank of Queensland is pressured to reveal automation impact. Um, this is a story on IT News. The Bank of Queensland is under pressure to disclose the human imp- impact of planned to adopt automation technology with fears it could lead to major cuts in staffing levels. Now, the article doesn't talk exactly about what automation technology is, but uh, what things that they are automating, but, but we can imagine what they're automating, right? Um, look, is this going to be is this going to be a thing now? Like we're, we're trying to encourage automation, we're trying to remove toil, like types of toil work. Um, are yeah. unions going to get involved and like start stuffing uh, things, stuffing it up for everyone? Probably, but uh, you look <laughs> at it and go, the this is this is a result of the BOQ and ME Bank. I don't want to call it a merger, but it's sort of like an integration between the two of them. Um, so Bank of Queensland is, uh, it says in the article, is working through a significant transformation with final integration work of ME Bank underway. Um, so they're building a new core banking system and all the rest of it. So they're expecting to cut 400 jobs by 2026. By, sorry, by FY26, not 2026, mm. but 2627. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, realistically, that's... Given the size of the organisation, that's possibly a lot of that could be natural attrition too. Well, I think absolutely. Yep. From my point of view, it'd be like call center, right? So that's probably mm. offshore anyway, Philippines. So those those are the jobs that right. are going to go first. That initial call triage, but any of the you know most yep. of the yep. automation in the call center type stuff is going to be um, you know pulling up notes and being faster in response and and that sort of stuff. So I. It's it's right. Replaced I mean, with AI, possibly. No one's quite sure, but like every time everybody's any unions Clark cried since you know the Luddites that you know every, jobs are going to go away. They just move to higher up the stack, so you don't you don't actually. Mm. So you know, what, 
whether or not this is a game changer, we'll we'll see. But like, yeah, I'm still skeptical that at this point that we're saying that there's huge job job changes. Yeah. Yeah, but, and this is the thing. Like, even though you, you are bringing this automation in place, people need to look after the automation, right? People need to look after the robots that run the thing, right? So they, they'll constant they'll be there'll be process changes and business changes where you need to, you know, maintain the automation. So you're right. It is just going to push the jobs off the, up the stack. Everyone needs to learn to code. Basically, that's what it comes down to. And there's no yep. frameworks in place. So these, like the financial FSIs don't have an AI framework or set of guidelines in place. APRA hasn't come through with anything about how you would use this type of stuff. You know, you could easily just say uh, human in the loop has to happen for any finance, right? So any decision making still has to have a human in the loop. That's still a job. That's still somebody, you know, having to do do that decision to uh, give somebody a discount, for example, um, or wh- whatever. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's interesting what the, how the unions are going to uh, push back in, in all the educations, health and, you know, government and everything. I think yeah. you're right. I think in, in all, all the industries, we're going to see pushback as more and more of this automation comes along, particularly with AI-type automation, right? And you're right. AI is going to be really helpful in sorting the chaff from the wheat initially, but we're going to need a human in the loop, right? Hmm. Um, but instead of having like, you know, 40 um, you know, assessors, it's probably, you know, couldn't come down to one assessor that just, yeah. it's already been... AI looked, AI's looked at it and then they make the assessment there. Um, but no, interesting point. I, I only I wanted to discuss it on this show because I think we're going to see more of this, as you say, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a topic I, I, I'm interested in tracking on the show. All right, let's move on with some security items. Um, Ricky, uh, you're our uh, local security expert. We usually have you on. Uh, You wanted to talk about some Christmas security tips and uh, the top hacks of the year. Yeah, so, but this time around, I thought, I think we've done enough like naming and shaming this year. So, and I'm also like looking around and I've had a couple of scares myself and I think we could all do better in security. So, um, so, I want to look at the top three hacks, but I kind of want to look at it from like a learning expect, see what we can learn learn from this. Um, and then like, okay, so what do we call like the top hack? Um, and I was just basing it off like, I guess, damage done by dollar value. Um, and the first off the bat is the global financial network breach. Now, admittingly, this one here actually uses zero-day exploit. Um, now, because it uses zero-day exploit, I don't know what we really we can learn what to do about that, depending, I guess, what the exploit was. Um, but, you know, like if something's hit, hit before, I guess, the system's patched, what can you do? Um, so, yeah, that one there was an estimated cost of $100 billion with ongoing investigation. Um, they infiltrated Ouch. the system yep. for months, siphoned funds, manipulating markets before being detected. Response involved international corporations shutting down systems and then patching the vulnerabilities. Um, yes, wow. yeah. That's so that huge. one, yeah, yeah, it is huge. Um, I guess what you can learn from that: how did they get away with it for so long? Like, it's one way to get into a system, but surely it leaves a trace. So I, mm, well, you you have to be pretty good not to leave a trace, but just really good <laughs> at covering their tracks. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, maybe, but yeah. yeah um, even st- there are scripts out there that will delete your tracks on a Unix system. Mm. Um, 
and and, and cover 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 it up. Yeah, but how could they siphon so many funds and manipulate mm. markets without it triggering an alarm? Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm I'm moving moving on from that, but I guess the learning from that is um, make sure you have logs for everything. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, the next one up was um yeah the evading uh, system hack. Um, this one I think fairly new. Um, but this one here was basically phishing emails targeting ele- ele- election officials and social engineering and that so and so forth. Um, yeah, I don't know about the voting systems yet whether I, whether they can be trusted or not. Um, everyone I've seen so far has been breached. Um, uh, so I don't know. Um, what do you guys didn't, reckon? Didn't New South Wales have an e-voting system at some point, and they scrapped it? During the pandemic, we voted online, yeah, yeah. Mm. and uh, the last election we've had to go back to the polls. Mm. Yeah, we we, mm. we voted on paper the entire time. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's at crazy. the same yeah, well at the same time, do you really think voting on paper is that secure either? No, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, the cost of damage of that one was fifty million, um, and loss of elections, reputation damage, and yeah, ongoing investigations on that one. Um, so the hackers altered voter, voter registration data, manipulated vote counts in several local ele- elections before being caught. Yeah. Do we know the so, surely surely oh, this is a problem? Surely that's a problem blockchain could solve, right? I mean, it sounds like a perfect candidate for Mate, that. You, you do a vo- you do a vote, it goes into a blockchain, and then it can't be altered. I, I mean, come I on. I can't believe that that just came out of your mouth, Banky. <laughs> that you went, mentioned the word blockchain and a use case. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, moving on. Um, so the next one is these critical infrastructure attacks. Um, these one here, also not really sure what we can do about this one because this was a coordinated botnet attack targeting power grids, um, water treatment facilities and transportation systems. I don't know. This one to me sounds like um, state actor or maybe even military. I don't know. What do you reckon? Ian? Was that that? Was that that one over in the US? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that that one they reckoned was a um, was a state actor. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely targeted, and yeah. Um, but that's cost twenty bill. Um. <laughs> just just a just a cool twenty billion, you know. Yeah, yeah pocket yeah. change. <laughs> um, and and the whole point of it was just it wasn't to actually gain any sort of monetary um, benefit. And this is why I, th- I also agree on the state actor. It was purely just to create blackouts, water contamination mm-hmm. and to disrupt travel. So there was no monetary value of actually doing this. Um, so, yeah. I know yeah, it was yeah. just there for, just there just to, to, to see what they can, they can yeah. stuff up. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. going on, I guess, geopolitically military. So who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to cover those three. Um, they're actually quite sophisticated attacks, so there's not really much to be learnt, learnt from them. But having said that, there has been a lot that have not covered the basics. Um, like I think when we looked at that Horizon report in one of the episodes, and was it 60% had, was it, you said, in no password? Oh, yeah, there's... <laughs> there, <laughs> there was another one. There was another one. Um, so I think that, that water hack, the way they got in was... Uh, a default password on something. Mm. They just they hadn't changed the password on one of their routers or or mm. uh, one of their access um, controls. It just yeah. default password, and it's a known password. Like it's a Cisco router has Cisco and Cisco. Or yep. yeah, 
But they, they, they didn't even have any um, filters or ACLs in place to prevent connection from external. I mean, come on, that's that's security one hundred and one. Yeah, um, yeah, but yep. we won't we won't name and shame. I think because I think no, I, th- no. I think there's some things we could all be doing. So I just don't want to like become that. Public. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Like I talking this and showing the next thing. I'm on, on national news, so I don't want that. No, no. Um, but uh, as is, just to look at all, I guess all the attacks in. Um, in general, and if you want to learn learn from all of them, and one of the things I guess that we've seen do a lot of it has been wrong is to do with the actual not the attack itself, but how the response was handled, the incident response. Mm, mm, um, mm. We called it out many times. How many times we have we heard? Oh no, nothing's lost. Nothing's lost. Oh yeah, we've lost everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that, it's become a meme. It, on it, this show. it has it's like literally every meme, time man. we cover a security incident, it's like, oh no, no, no. They've said that there's nothing's been lost, so we know that everything has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of what I wanted to cover, like the learnings from that, because you think, like with the Medibank and the Optus and how poorly they were handled, that the re- the other mm. companies would have learnt from that, but nah. Yeah. Uh, it's become a Leslie Nielsen film. Yeah. Move on. Nothing to see here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I guess one of the main things, and this is what can be learnt from this, is that before, before don't make a comment until you actually know what's going on. Um, Absolutely. And and then also do some sort of like post mortem, like blameless, like like do a blameless post mortem. You know, don't just throw some engineer on the bus. You know, like because it's yeah. it's never one root cause. And and if no, and, no, it's multiple failings. Yeah, usually. yeah. There's never yeah. one root cause, yep. and and yep. while you're focusing the blame on one, you're actually not really getting to the core of the problem. You're not really going to solve it. It's going to happen again. And Ricky, you're going to give us uh, your Christmas security tips for this uh, year. Yes. So yeah, as um, the holidays come, and I guess um, yeah, there's more and more toys coming out every year that uh, Wi-Fi, electronic, um, basically, um, they have. And things like even like your Fitbits and things like that have your like your location tracking and all sorts of things. So more and more toys are basically gathering more and more data, and and of course this becomes more and more of a risk. Um, and yeah, well, I guess we're all kind of the same. We um, Christmas Day is hectic, and um, kids want to have their toys up and running, and um, people would just generally skip over security defaults. Um, and just passwords or anything like that. Um, so I guess one of the f- first things I recommend that, that anyone should do really is set up a guest network. Um, most Wi-Fi access points have it. Um, it's good for visitors, um, but also it can seg- segregate like stuff that's important and non- non-important. So <clears throat> I guess this time of the year you might have visitors mm. over and relatives and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the reason yeah. why I bring this up when it comes to the Christmas present stuff, like it's because it's good to the first thing you want to do when you get any sort of internet connected device is that you want to update its firmware um, and you want to connect to the internet. Um, but at the moment, that device isn't really trusted. So that's kind of where the guest network comes in. Um, yeah. So, and to be honest, you could keep it on there. I, I keep on um, like all my multimedia TV stuff, all the kids stuff goes on the guest network. Um, right. Anything that has the potential of, that well, you don't know the firmware, yeah. you don't have control over, and has potential to be compromised. You keep that separate from your 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 work and your PC and your and your data. Yeah, yeah, network, and it's, right? a, it's a yeah, quick yeah. and easy thing set up. If, if you know how to set up another Wi-Fi, you can set up another one. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and I guess one of the other things is it comes down to a lot of people, and I think we brought this up earlier. Change. Don't have like just a basic password. Actually, set a password. 
um, even on your kids, like kids' devices and things like that. Um, and don't just come up with like a real basic one just to get by, you know, because after Christmas Day, you're going to forget about it. Um, yeah. Password. Yeah. Let me, yeah, let me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My password is password. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'll just write that down here. Yep. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing is too, I, I highly recommend, especially when it comes to things like drones and um, I guess like, like, like even my electric scooter, you know, I did a lot of research, you know, because you just don't like there's a lot of cheaper brands. People go for the cheaper sort of brands. And I highly recommend that you research the manufacturer, find out if they have, like, basically what their reputation is, if they've had any previous breaches and things like that. Like, just do a bit of a risk assessment when it comes to these sort of things before you buy, you know. Um, yep. Yeah. I have to say, while we're on the subjects of e-scooters, and it's highly likely that a few of those are going to be Christmas presents, don't overcharged the lithium-ion battery, (laughs) particularly on in the hot Australian summer. There's been numerous stories Mm. of those things blowing up recently and, uh, yeah, just very, very particular about how you charge Yeah, that's right. There was a backpackers in Sydney, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And another one that's really popular is drones as well. Um, And drones can be quite expensive, so people go for the cheaper ones. Um, but yeah, do your research because you just don't know what backdoors are in them, um, and and those things mm-hmm. have access to some, they have camera, microphone, location data, you name it, you know, um, and that's why first off, most when you do connect to the internet, update always update your firmware. Um, my, majority of the breaches that we've seen is just because of people haven't updated their stuff, um, yep. and yep. like most people think that oh the kids are the like actually the weak point. Um, but the, the actual most common weak point in a house for, for like home breaches is actually your Wi-Fi access point. And, and most of that's just because people haven't updated their firmware or changed the default password. Probably got, I, prob, I probably got one more to add to that too. Um, and only because I've seen a lot of these come through my inbox and on my phone of late is um, random emails with links in them and random text messages with links. Oh in yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that don't, the the old the old thing of uh yeah the old thing of don't click a link that you're not expecting to receive mm-hmm. like if you get an email from someone saying that you've got an Australia Post delivery scheduled and you need to click this link to accept it or whatever it's garbage mm-hmm. bin it yeah that's all, so that brings um, me up to yeah there's also another point and that comes down to the actual Play stores and stuff and that as well um and because like a lot of these drone sort of devices and everything like that are actually controlled by your mobile device from an app from play store and you'll sometimes you'll see dodgy ones gets that look the same it may have slight difference on the name and you download that one thinking it's that and then you're done yeah yep mm, mm, and yeah, just right. be cautious of the amount of permission you give them yeah, oh, yep. I, uh, I was looking uh, i installed the skybus app for when we're down in melbourne but i can use skybus to get to them from the airport and it wants access to my calls and access to my location and access, like all of this access. I'm like, no, no, no you can't no, have any no, of that. You can have no. location whilst I'm using the app. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's, good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good tip as well. Trent, Trent's got a great right. bit of advice here. Yeah. Oh, I was just uh, thinking maybe we just don't buy the kids Christmas presents this year. I mean, 
It'd be a lot simpler. Look, I'm all about security here, right? That's what I'm thinking about. You're going to explain that to your kids? Yeah. You do that. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Hey, kids, I'm security focused. Yeah. No, no Christmas is here. Kids, uh, um, I was on the podcast and Rick said that we couldn't have presents. You couldn't have presents because <laughs> they were a security risk. Wait, wait, wait. It wasn't me. Trent's the Google Grinch, not me. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thanks for the security updates. Should we move on with the AI wars? AI wars. All right. First, uh, first item here on the AI wars: uh, Google offering twelve days of no-cost generative AI training. AI, 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 generative AI, generative AI, generative AI, AI as AI, 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 yet. What's this all about? Looks like it's end-to-end generative AI training from go to woe, like the introduction, and then you get a bit hands-on for those of you actually not across what a large language model is. Uh, then you can get some skill badges, have a play with uh, Gen AI Studio, which is great. I think there's a bit of a key take. Is that the skill boost? Yeah. That's yeah, the skill boost stuff? Um, yeah. But having a look at this, is there's something in it for everyone. So even if you're not necessarily overly technical, but you're still curious about Gen AI, this is for you. But if you want to get across something and, and get hands-on, then there's something in it for you as well, right? So it covers you end-to-end. So... And freeze my price too. So I assume it's everyone else's price too. So I'd get up, get on that. I love the price. Yeah. I um, it's, it's something that I'm looking at doing over Christmas, over the Chrissy break. I'll I'll jump into this and have a crack at it because one of the things I'm really excited about is, um, is Gen- Gemini AI has come to the Pixel yep. Eight Pro. Uh, mm. and I really, really, really want to have a play with that. So I want to see what it can do on a phone. Because we all know large language models are massive and they require huge amounts of compute. And I'm pretty sure that I don't have a data center sitting on my phone. So I want to see what it's capable of. Mm. Mm. I think I've uh, floated the business case to get a, a Pixel 8 Pro, by the way. So nice. I just got to work on that, yeah. My daughter, unfortunately, dropped her phone. So uh, it's a, I think there's going to be phone shuffles happening over over Christmas <laughs> break. <laughs> might, might have to talk to Troy and... So I'm about it from my deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so get get uh, your Gen IO training on. And uh, while we're on Gemini, um, Gemini, we've got a couple of stories here on Gemini. Uh, DeepMind, an article uh, on uh, DeepMind.Google. Uh, Google introduces Gemini, a new model. Yeah, what have we got have. to say about this? Yeah. It's the new the new U-Butte multimodal model from Google. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all multimodal. Yeah, that's right. And the pro version is currently hooked up into BART at the moment, so you can give it a go. But I might have to correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that's quite multimodal. But Just explain that relationship there between BARD and then coming through to Gemini. Why do you need to hook it up to BARD? So BARD has been using other models, but now it's just redirecting effectively to Gemini. Yeah. Ah, so if you jump yeah, and go yeah. onto the uh, like bard, there's a bard.google.com, you'll see that it's now powered by Gemini. Yep. And I think that's Gemini Pro too, because Gemini Ultra will be coming out as well, which is a bigger model as well, uh, which is a bit more capabilities right. and everything. Yeah. And Gemini Nano is the one Nano. That they put into the Pixel 8 Pro. Yep. Yeah. 
I see. So that's the, right. the most efficient model for on-device yep. tasks. So Pro is supposed to be comparable to GPT-4, right? And then Ultra is the Goes multimodal that yep. surpasses 4. Yep. Yeah, so I, just reading a bit of the state of uh, performance um, section in the uh, blog article on, on Google's blog, and it says, with a score of 90% Gemini Ultra, is the first model to outperform human experts on a massive multitask language understanding, which uses hmm. th- subjects like math, physics, history, law, medicine, ethics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the interesting thing is, is the multimodal capacity is actually improving the text response of the model for some reason. Okay. Even though you just do a text question, the multimodal is outperforming yep. just the text-only models. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, which is which is a bit scary. A bit that scary. It's yeah. actually using it's it's yeah. using There's something like spatial going on awareness deep with, down yeah. inside the model that we don't understand what what that's doing. Wow, that is that is artificial cool. general yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. it's probably worth yeah. pointing out that it's not just hooked into Bard as well. So like in the Google Cloud console, of course, uh, under Vertex AI that. Uh, it's available there. In fact, the 13th, I think, as well. So get your hands on that too. Uh, is that still, is that in private no, I think, I think that's can we get available? Ultra? Yeah. Can Not Ultra, Ultra, sorry. Back mm. that up. Pro. Pro. Come on, Trent. We want Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch this space for Ultra. Back, it, back it, that truck coming, But there are no firm dates, so... Yeah, I was, I was just re- looking at the the capabilities of this of Gemini Ultra, and the comparison between Gemini Ultra and ChatGPT four, and in text mode, uh, it's it outperforms GPT four in everything except for uh, common sense reasoning for everyday tasks is a category where GPT four is reportedly a bit better, but it, in multimodal it smashes it in everything. Okay, so from a, I'm like Banky, I'm not a data person. So what does that mean to me? <laughs> well, this is the the right. It's the you know model wars yeah, really. Yeah, it's, yeah it's okay, just, the model wars. Okay, you know, cool. getting better, yeah, yeah. getting better and better yeah, models, yeah, yeah. which means more more users mm-hmm. and you know more apps are going to get hooked into these models. So oh, yeah. the foundation they're called foundational models. So you then still will do workflows and. And have your models on top, mm-hmm. things like rags and things like that. But um, yeah, it's the foundational models will be used. There's a big battle now. It's a bit like the browser wars, maybe mm-hmm. from the nineties. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's probably more Model like the wars. new. So this is like the new T2000 Terminator. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to reference the John Connor thing. <laughs> this is the liquid metal matter. Dead. All right, well, look, yeah. we are going to get on to our uh, favourite, or Liz is going to give us her favourite advancements of AI during the year, but just before we get into that, um, Maccas, everyone loves Maccas, right? Well, yes, love, no. love might be a strong term. Love might be a strong term. Well, I tolerate Maccas it when I need is, to. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they've signed a new deal with, uh, with Google Cloud, and they're going to start using Google Cloud AI. Uh, McDonald's has announced a new multi-year global partnership with Google. Uh, 
I do have this article here. Yeah, in a post blog, the restaurant chain notes that it will use edge computing. Now, we've talked about edge on, mm. on the show before. This is where you just wheel it in a box and it's got all the Google goodness, Google Cloud goodness in one thing. Um, edge computing from Google Cloud to power these new platforms. This will bring information storage and high-powered computing to individual restaurants. Now, look, that sounds great. But I just really want their app to work properly. It'd be good. It'd be good if you opened it up and it didn't either crash or reorder the previous order that you made. That that'd be fantastic. Let's just get that <laughs> right. To start with, right? This is yep. this is this is for the restaurants though, Banky. So this will be. Um, I think they've they've already rolled out stuff with Google Edge, which um, distributed Edge, which does things like checks if they're. If there's uh, rubbish on tables, for example, and it'll improve queue lines uh, for people that are queuing and stuff like that. So it's all it's a lot of sort of operational stuff from vis- using vision and, right. and other data points. And I and- could see how the AI could help with maybe their stock ordering as well to keep their to keep you know. Sure. Mm. And and I could see how it could help with repairing the ice cream machine because that thing is always, <laughs> always off. Because they can schedule that repair time a lot better. I stop in at, at the Macca's at Caboolture's BP. It is broken. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it working. <laughs> see, I'm just wondering how long until we actually don't have any cashiers or actual human burger cooks anymore. Yeah, makes you wonder if the unions are going to get involved shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, they'll be there. Don't you worry about that. If they've got something to bleed about, they'll bleed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, GCP Life, we're on the cutting edge of all hot topics. I'd just like to say that McDonald's (laughs) is a wonderful Google Cloud customer and that uh, I really look forward to seeing this technology in action. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to lead to improvements across the board and – um, if, if one, I'll tell you what I really would like, and I hope they introduce this because you make an order on your app, right? And then you've got to go and you've got to tell the person at the window what your code is, right? And it's always really awkward. Why don't we have a QR code on the app and we just scan the QR code on the way through and bang, it just pulls it straight in. Yep. Well, that's what, that's, and you, you got to see this firsthand um, this morning, Banky, when we went to the airport. Um, that's what Skybus does. You go in, they, you go up to a little terminal thingy, you pay your money, they print out a little docket that's got a QR code on it, you walk up to the bus, the, the person at the bus scans it with a phone and you're done. You're done, yep. Yeah, so, uh, they, 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 yeah, Google, uh, McDonald's, you know, the app has made a lot of improvements and they've, they've really streamlined things, but I think this is going to take it to the next level. It's going to turn it up to 11, so... Um, yep. More McDonald's to be eaten. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to. (laughs) And uh, look, just to finish up the show, we thought it'd be fun if, uh, Lizzie, you can take the lead on this one. If uh, you could tell us your three favorite advancements in AI that came out this year, because this time last year, ChatGPT was the hotness. It had just come out. Uh, everyone was, you know, all over. Look what this look what this is going to do for us. And then there was a big buzz at the start of the year. And then it's kind of yeah, it's it's ho hum now. So what were your favourite things that came out of this? Yeah, it is quite incredible to think, isn't it? ChatGPT kind of first came out mm. just over a year ago, but it, it feels like longer ago. I feel because we've been just yeah talking about Gen AI so much for the last year, and there's just been yeah lots of developments kind of coming thick and fast. Um, so yeah, I thought I had to keep it keep it focused on Google and kind of do a bit of like a year in review of some of the 
AI developments coming out of Google. Um, so, yeah, last March we saw um, Google come out with BARD, which was their entry into the um, Gen AI chatbot arena, um, going head-to-head with um, OpenAI's ChatGPT. So, yeah, had a, um, a play around with that, and, yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. I think it's got a few nice features which um, have made a lot of people prefer it over ChatGPT. So, for instance, um, they offer a few different features for free, whereas you need to pay for those in ChatGPT. Um, for instance, you can um, do uh, – and you can analyse images with prompts for free, which is cool, and also – um, one thing I found when I use ChatGPT, I usually want to back up any prompt with a, a Google search anyway, right? To check, hey, is is this legit? <laughs> Whereas Google has that built in, uh, Bard has that built in, so you can do a Google, you can follow up with a Google search, which is good. Um, the second big one was Duet AI. So yeah, if you were following Google Next, um, there was a lot of du- Duet AI all over that. Um, it's effectively an AI-assisted tool to boost productivity, and Google have integrated that into a bunch of different things. So there's Duet AI for developers, which helps with code generation, troubleshooting, integrates into all your IDEs. I'm not sure if you guys have played around with that, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I be, I've, I'm a inside tester on that one, and I've been playing with it for ages. It's great. Yeah, so that's that's a good one. And then also there's the ARR, Duet AI for Workspace, which will integrate into, into all your workspace apps like Gmail, Slides, Sheets, um, to help you, yeah, I guess, with your everyday work, writing emails, writing docs, generating images, so very cool stuff. And then, yeah, the third one rounding out, we've just mentioned Gemini um, announced earlier this December, natively multimodal, so instead of kind of cobbling together multiple Models. It's built from the ground up um, to be multimodal, integrating into Bard and also the Pixel 8 Pro, which, yeah, thank you, very excited about. Um, and, yeah, kind of competes and beats chat GPT-4 on um, a number of different tests. So I think Google have well and truly, um, yeah, caught, caught right back up in the Gen AI wars. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how it all plays out next year. I'm sure we've got... Lots more excitement to come. <laughs> more leapfrogging next year because yeah. this is the thing. But Bard, as you mentioned, was was launched in March, and the feeling, like from our perspective, was that they they had to rush something to market. They really had to get in on the game. Uh, they kind of got. I don't know, Trent. I don't know. I don't know if you're able to comment on this, but it really seemed they got uh, you know sideswiped by ChatGPT. The sudden sudden explosion of it and then oh we've got to scramble you know, to get this I, thing out I, I take your point um i think that yeah we, i mean it's noted right google's probably caught a little bit off guard there but we we had this right in fact i was using it internally but i didn't really know what it was uh it was fun but then yeah chat gpt came about and then with and i think google thought well we better get ours out as well we're, we're very relevant here so and that's where we ended up today yeah, my my take on that, I think, is um, yeah, I think Microsoft might have forced yeah Google's hand on that one, and I personally, I don't think um like Google like Google really wanted to release it just yet because um I guess there's a lot of things that still need to be ironed out, especially like ethically and things like that. Yeah, yeah, but there'd been a slow burn in Google, right? We've seen the progression with with uh, Vertex AI and you know Google's AI capabilities, just this slow ticking away, um, and 
we kind of felt there was something was going to happen. But in, in one way, Google kind of needed the push, really, yep. to, 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 to get push. it to happen. Because you, you're right, Ricky, it was, it was, it was, a, it was very, very slow. And I, and I think Google has really capitalised on the, the disaster that has been the open AI um, nonsense of the last, like, last month when they had yep. that debacle. Um, Google's really capitalized on that because they sort of lost their way there for a bit and then and Google's released Gemini and and Bard's now using it and Duet AI is is out full fledged up and running. Um yep. so I think they're and Google's Google's very much game. the leader yeah. in this space yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So like my my first thing's like it's, yeah, we might think that Google were playing catch up, but they then dropped so many products so quickly that that kind of tells me that they had this stuff ready to yep. do it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 the integration too, right? Like it's not just this piecemeal, this, that, and whatever. Uh, we, we know that it's all nicely integrated yep. behind the scenes And as Google well. has very principled policies around AI. So it's amazing that they can get things out of the door mm-hmm. because they, they will not release things unless it matches up to everything that they have. Like it's it's – out there in the open, you can go read it about okay. what Google will and won't do, and so it has to line up to that as well. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was getting out of how I felt like yeah. Microsoft were forcing the hand because, I'm, yeah, I've I seen how much work that Google does do in actual making sure that it's responsible. Um, and, yeah, as you can see, um, Microsoft ChatGDP just dropped it without any really much thought. <laughs> Well, look, we might leave it there with the AI wars and we might wrap up the show at that point. I think we've had just about enough and uh, the room I'm in at the moment is stinking hot, so I really want to get out of here and go for a swim in the pool. <laughs> I agree. I need to uh, do yes. that too. Well, look, guys, thanks for joining me, Trent. Very Special welcome. thanks to you for coming uh, and joining us from Google. It's great to have you on the show. And uh, Lizzie, Rick, and Troy as special guests as well. Thanks for coming on. And Ian, you're here every episode, so we don't, you know. <laughs> I don't get it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, guys, and and have a merry Christmas, to everyone out there. Hey, uh, merry yep. Christmas, happy, happy happy New Year. Enjoy the enjoy the time off with your family and get lots of Chrissy presents and uh, eat lots of ham and probably drink and be merry as well. Prawns, uh, prawns, mate, prawns, 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 prawns. Not in the sun though. No. Uh, don't forget, go to iTunes, write the show a review. That really help the show out, and you can contact the show gcplife at kasna.com.au we've got the website there just google that and Ian maybe we need to knuckle down and get that Mastodon server going Uh, that'd be really good to do and uh, don't forget today's sponsor is Kasna at Kasna we make your Google Cloud solutions possible Uh, that's about it from me anyone else got some more comments to add no Merry Christmas to everyone and hope to see you listening in next year fantastic guys we'll leave it there see ya bye bye we might have had a drink or six with them last night. <laughs> right. So, hang on. And you flew back today. Yeah, yep. this morning. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. oh, How secondhand were you on the flight? Very, very secondhand. I drank, secondhand I drank right three now. and a half litres of beer last night. <laughs> I bet you did. That's insane, though. And numerous scotches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the feeling? Like, because the uni super people were there. Oh, they, they were, oh, yeah. It was great. That, they were getting stuck into it, too. Yep. Celebration, uh, yeah. Yep. And Stu turned up and it all went downhill.